Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. On to Mike Rizzo. We... Didn't get to do a pot at the end of last week after he got his extension officially. Uh, he made it pretty clear all along he thought he was getting the extension. So now he's got it. Uh, it's a multi-year extension. He and Davey presumably linked together. I'd imagine a two-year deal with an option, something like that. Uh, as far as Rizzo goes, uh, to me, this was a no-brainer. They're midway through this rebuild. We've talked about this a lot, Toby. The rebuild is going well. Uh, as we've said, not only are they ahead of schedule from a win standpoint this year, kind of overachieving in everybody's mind coming into the year, the expectations, what they were supposed to be. But way more importantly, you know, getting Dylan Cruz added to the system is kind of the bonus and the icing on the cake at number two this year for some major growth within the system for some players in-house like Jacob Young, who doesn't quite mean as much as the high-impact guys. But I'm thinking of players that made leaps this year like Young, uh, Dalen Lyle, uh, maybe Mitchell Parker, uh, adding DJ hers at the deadline, interesting type guy. And I'm avoiding on purpose, you know, the impact guys, right? So everyone wants to focus on the disappointing year of hassle or the fact that Elijah green uh, was ultra disappointing this year, but James Wood looks like the real deal. He's got to cut down on the strikeouts or some things he's going to have to clean up, but that was huge um, to, to get him close to 30 home runs, Brady house, awesome season Cruz being in double a at the end of the year. I mean, he's not putting up Wyatt Langford numbers or dominated like Langford is in the Rangers system, but I think you can feel good about starting him in double-A next year, getting him to the show next season. So in a lot of ways, 
the system on day one when you and I were doing this podcast back in April and what we were seeing and hoping versus what it is now, the arrow is very much trending up. Well, and I think it's funny because I had some friends that went to the game in Milwaukee and they were texting me about Carter Keboom. And it just reminded me of what this organization was for a long time in terms of prospects where it was Carter Keboom and you couldn't name another prospect or it was Victor Robles and you didn't know the rest of the prospects. It was very slim pickings. And now it's the case where Rizzo's done a really good job over the last couple of years making it so that not only Nationals fans that are listening to the pod or deep diving on the prospects can name more than just one or two, but even nationally, people know what's going on with the Nationals farm system because some guys could come up and be impact bats and impact players for this baseball team. And I think that's an astute point as well. When you talk about the impact guys, that's awesome. But I think seeing guys like a Jake Irvin come up to the bigs and make an impact and someone that we expected to be in the pen, he's stuck as a starter. Those are the sorts of things that can increase and help out a rebuild a lot quicker. You know, a Trey Lipscomb or a Daylon Lyle, guys in the minor leagues, like those sorts of guys, if they continue to pan out, it's going to be awesome to see how quickly this thing can turn around. But in the middle of a rebuild like this, you definitely don't want to change things with Rizzo. So I like the fact that they got that done finally, and we can move past that. Yeah, and, and good point, by the way, on Irvin. Those are the types of guys I'm talking about, right? Where I think the way it kind of worked out, because their system players, not the ones they added in the Soto deal or recently drafted the last couple of years or brought in via trade or whatever, but the guys they've had in the system, which wasn't a great system, you know, their better prospects are kind of like role guys. You know, it is that Jake Irvin, uh, kind of Jacob Young, Jacob Lou tier, so to speak. But those guys look like maybe they can help you at the major league level. Like not everyone's going to be a star. If Alou is an extra infielder and Young is an extra outfielder and Irvin maybe is a back-end starter, whereas we thought maybe he was a reliever, like that's good too. And, and I think there were kind of plenty of strides made in that regard uh, as the year went on for sure. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Uh, as far as you know, kind of looking ahead now the rest of the way, you mentioned 70 wins as an important threshold for you. I mean, is it just that round number of feeling like, you know, you, you got out of the 60s? Because obviously, like, there's no bonus points for getting to 70. Uh, they need four more wins. Frankly, they should get it. I mean, that would be a yeah. real problem if they don't. Uh, but why, why is uh, 70 so important for you? Yeah, to me, I mean, I feel like we know that this season was a success, but if you look up at the end of the year and they've only won 68 games, it just kind of feels like, okay, they improved over last year, no doubt about it. But it still feels like, eh, you know, it, was it that great of a season? Or are we just and they will talking have ourselves? They would have, like, kind of collapsed Toby down the exactly. stretch. Exactly. Yeah, and it's something where if they don't get to that 70 win mark, which we kind of earmarked as going to be the case a couple of weeks ago, like if they don't get to that, it just seems like it's almost like you said, the collapse, we'd already assumed it. And it's just something where you almost look back and like, did we just talk ourselves into it, it was a great season because we watch this team every night and we cover them or, and we follow them. But, I, you know, I think it's a successful season, but I think it can really help out the guys if you get to that 70 win mark. And it's just a tangible thing of, OK, we saw improvement and now you can set a, a goal of getting back to 500 because, you know, going from 70 to 81 it's still a big leap, but it doesn't seem implausible. Going from 68 or what they're at right now, 66 to 81, seems a little bit too high of a climb. 
but I think it, you know, it's just a mental thing. Obviously it doesn't necessarily matter. I think even if they were to lose the rest of the games, we would for the most part consider this season a success, but I like looking at that 70 win total. And it just feels like if you get to that 70 number, no one expected that at the beginning of the season. And if you get to it, it just feels like a very big jump for this organization after this season. And I'll take the over. I think they're going to get there. Uh, September's been ugly, no doubt about it. They're 3-11 and 11 in September. They've dropped 15 out of 19 before the win as we tape this on Sunday evening today against the Brewers. So they're 5-15 and 15 in their last 20. I mean, we saw them play 17-11 and 11 ball in August, and they're actually better than that before the end of August. And they were basically 512-14 in July. So from that stretch, right, July and August, over 500. I remember, and I'm not trying to knock him, right? This is a, a guy that you and I like, but uh, Coco like signed off from a, bo- a broadcast at one point and was like, "The Nationals are good, folks." And I, you know, I, I even then I was like, "Okay, let's let's settle down a little bit." Like they're <laughs> they're playing well. That's different. He's like, "The Nationals are a good team," and I don't think we ever necessarily thought that. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like they were going to continue that. But the three and eleven in September is a very much a a regression and kind of a crashing back down to earth. Maybe, you know, do theory. They they had some things going well for a little while and then it all changed Uh, real quick before we say goodbye for this abbreviated installment, we're going to give you three this week, including a deep dive into the minors in a couple days, but just wanted to hit refresh at the beginning of the week here, since we didn't get you one at the end of last week, Uh, the Braves 96 wins, man, in this division have clinched the East 52 home runs for Matt Olson set the franchise record. Uh, every home run they hit continues to add on to the most home runs ever hit by a Brave. And it's pretty clear they've taken their foot off the gas pedal. Didn't have Ronald Acuna into their series against the Marlins. He's been out the last few days with an injury. But Miami took three straight over Atlanta here as they're trying to make the wild card. Huge weekend for the Marlins. Uh, so good for them. But I-, I couldn't believe this. The reason I brought this up, I read that was the first divisional series loss for the Braves this season. Like, that is asinine. Well, and it's so frustrating because the Braves have this perfect system where they pay their guys early. So they're under contract for fairly cheap for a long time. And so usually when you have a team like the Braves that dominates like they have, you're like, all right, well, give them a year, give them two years, maybe. And then that stretch will be done. And it's like, well, (laughs) I don't know if that's going to be the case with the Braves. They've been good for how long now? And they're just going to continue to be good. So it's frustrating, but it's incredible to watch them and what they do and You've got two MVP candidates on the same team. It's you know basically between t- four guys on two teams, between Acuna and Olsen on the Braves and then Betts and Freeman on the Dodgers. And it's just incredible to watch those two teams. And it's going to be an interesting National League playoff series to see what those kinds of teams can come out with. And I assume it's one of those teams go into the World Series, but who knows? I mean, baseball's so fun in October because you never know what could happen. Marlins 16 to two winners over the Braves, by the way, uh, in that game that I just referenced, which is crazy. Uh, All right. Final thoughts, Toby, before we sign off for the first of a few this week. Yeah, it's just crazy that we're already to the end of the season almost. I mean, we just got a couple weeks to go. And like I said, my goal is to get to that 70 win mark. But it'd just be nice. You know, guys got just a couple more outings when they're pitching. So can you have a couple good ones? Josiah Gray turned in a good outing finally in his last one. Can he build off of that and have just a couple more starts that are good like that? I think Gore's probably done for the season. But some of the other young guys, you know, can abrams pick it up just a little bit for the last couple of weeks and just have some positive thoughts going into the offseason that's my main thing just 
play some good baseball, hopefully win at least four games and just build off of what's been a very successful season. As we always do, we read our recent comments and $099 sign said one of the best Nats podcast loves the chemistry between you and I says the conversation is always good and that interviews with players are his favorite. I am not above reading those compliments. You guys know how we feel about that. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, leave a five-star review, leave a comment. We will read it. We will shout you out. We'll say whatever you want us to because uh, we're begging you for nice things being said about us on the podcast. Until we met again, enjoy Nats baseball.